0: At this time, we'll have a split sermon for Mr. Mark McGarvey, entitled, Thankful Mark. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a very, uh, I said this last week, a very British-looking day out there. From October through March, it's like this every other day. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. I'm thankful for the rain around here. We know, I know we need it, but yeah, it reminds me of, of Britain. So, as you can see by my title, Thankful, I do want to uh, talk about being thankful this time of year and bringing Thanksgiving into it. And I guess I have a, a unique perspective being an immigrant from Britain, being here now uh, 13 years, and been celebrating Thanksgiving for 14 years. And a little story here about how me and Dala we got married in the summer of 2001, and we were living in England after we got married for the first year of our marriage. And we had Thanksgiving in England in November 2001. And uh, we decided to invite my, my sister and her family over. And so there was about six, seven of us, anyway. And uh, so Dalla was on the phone to her mum. All day that day, getting stuff ready, she made her turkey herself, she made all the dinner, she baked some awesome cookies, and did everything herself. Right. So, she did a great job, awesome, and we were all well-fed that night, and uh, thumbs up from everyone, so. But yeah, just coming over here as an immigrant, I really do appreciate the national holidays, July 4th, being probably my favorite, you know, independence from Britain. <laughs> but hey, I'm not actually English, I'm actually Irish, so I'm, I'm in there with, with that whole story. <laughs> but um, no, I do really uh, enjoy Thanksgiving, time just to get with the family, be thankful for what you have, and just praise God for everything that you have, all the blessings in your life, and just to be um, thankful in general. So in line with Thanksgiving... At this time of year, I want to talk about what it means to have a thankful attitude. What it means to be thankful. To be thankful for the big things in life, such as Jesus Christ, be my Lord and Savior. Um, To be thankful that I have a, a wonderful wife and family. And thankful that I live in the United States of America. But we've also got to remember to be thankful for the smaller things in life. You know, for example... You didn't get the flu in the office, That was going around the office all week. Um, that you, thankful that you, when you slipped on the ladder the other day, you only slipped down two rungs instead of the, all the way, <laughs> which I've done before. And then, like, for example, this past week, um, I was running, I was just covering for the, uh, the night line haul driver for our freight company from uh, Monday through Wednesday. And so you drive, we drive, I drive from uh, Tulsa to Wichita. Um, with freight from the Tulsa area, unload, and then reload uh, freight to go back to the Tulsa area. And so um, when I was up there in Wichita on Monday night, uh, I just bought a pair of new boots on the company E-Store, some steel toe-capped uh, Reebok like athletic shoes. And the ones I, I did have before, my steel toe-capped boots were really wearing out. And the week before, while I was still waiting for my new ones, the sole fell off. And, and so I had to duct tape my boots together. You see guys walking around with duct tape? Well, it works. works pretty good. But when I was up there, Wichita, one of the, the uh, dog workers was saying, hey, you're looking for a pair of boots? Okay, what do you got? And he goes, well, the Denver driver had these old pair of boots, and he just wanted to give them away. They don't feel real good. So I said, well, how much does he want for them? He says, nothing. If you want them, go ahead, try them on, take them. And so I tried them on and they, they fit perfectly. So they're going to be my backup boots when these new ones <laughs> fall out from me. But just a little small thing like that, I was thankful for that. I was, I mean, good pair of boots, really, they are. And they'll work. You know, you may be, a, a small thing here, you may be thankful that today it's 35 degrees rather than 105, you know? I am. <laughs> You see, we, yes, we need to be th- have thankful nature or attitude for the big events in our life. But those smaller situations could have been very different, too. So we can be thankful they turned out the way they did. You know, There are many uh, examples of thankfulness in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want to look at one such event. It's the story of the ten lepers. And it's found in Luke chapter 17... Verses 11 through 19. Luke chapter 17 and verses 11 through 19. So begin here in verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. So there are two things that stand out initially here. The one who came back and praised Jesus was not only a leper, but a Samaritan leper, twice as bad. As the New King James Study Bible says about these verses, quote, The Samaritans were a despised race. A hated foreigner was the only former leper who gave glory to God for his cleansing. End quote. So the Samaritans weren't exactly loved by the Jews. As, and as we've heard before, I'm sure, how lepers were treated in the Old Testament and New Testament times and biblical times. It was set out uh, at the time of Moses that lepers had to be put outside the camp when they're out there in the, in the wilderness. And then that continued throughout biblical times. They had to be set outside the, the walls of the city um, in their own little area. They weren't allowed to come within, uh, I believe, 150 feet of anybody. If the wind was blowing, um, no more than 50 foot from any other human being. Um, So there were very strict laws regarding those who had leprosy, and of course it was rampant at the time in the Middle East, and they had no cure, Um, but it, it, it runs through the Bible, both the Old Testament and New Testament, and Jesus cured many lepers. So, it says in verse 14, they were cleansed. And verse 19, your faith has made you well. The difference between the two. The one leper who was showing true thankfulness, gratitude was made well. Could this possibly mean that he was healed both spiritually and physically? Whereas the other nine, it was just physical? There's no way known for sure. The ten lepers who Jesus the ten lepers knew who Jesus was because they shouted out, you know, Jesus master. So they positioned themselves where they were, where they could see him as he walked by. So they had the initial faith that he would heal them. The one leper who came back and gave thanks to Christ did the right thing. Jesus had healed him and made him whole again. The least he could do was come back and say, thank you. Jesus was, in fact, saving his life. There was no cure for leprosy in biblical times. It was, in effect, in some ways, a death sentence. Either you got well or you died. Now, in modern times now, there is a a cure um, with a treatment known as multi-drug therapy. A person can be cured within six to twelve months, depending on what type of leprosy they have. There are two or three different kinds. Six to twelve months, and it's pretty much gone now. So, um, although it is still, it still does happen. Mostly, I guess uh, all the cases that, the, I think there's at any one time in the world, there's two or three hundred thousand people that have leprosy, and it seems most of them are in India, is where it is at the moment in the world. Uh, so it's still out there, but at least they have a cure for it. But at the, at the time of Christ, it really was a, a death sentence. So it boggles the mind when I think about the story of the ten lepers. You know, here you are. You've got leprosy, uh, whether you've got it at a young age, an old age. And it's a horrible disease, a skin condition. And this guy that you've heard about, you've known, but weren't sure who he was, what he could do. Jesus from Nazareth. You, you heard from other people, maybe, that he could heal me. He could make me well again. Now, it boggles the mind for me to think about that, that he cures you completely. You're healed. You're made well. It's, it's all gone. You have nice, clear skin again. Back to normal. Back to the way you should be. And you don't go back and thank that guy? I mean, amazing. And the one guy, at least one guy, came back and thanked God. Thank Jesus. I mean... Because this one Samaritan was thankful, because he wanted to thank and praise the one who healed him, it would appear he was healed spiritually also. I found a quote when I was studying this story of the ten lepers. Uh, It was from uh, two guys uh, who wrote a book together. uh, Berard Martala, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and Herbert Lockyer. Herbert Lockyer was an evangelical preacher and author of over 50 books. Uh, According to them, quote, This miracle emphasizes the importance of faith. For Jesus did not say, my power has saved you, but attributed the healing to the faith of the beneficiaries. So faith plays a huge part in praying to God to ask him to heal us, forgive us, or whatever the case may be. All ten lepers had the faith to understand and know who Jesus was and what he could do, but only one, only one came back. Not only did he thank Christ for the miracle he had performed, he fell down at Jesus' feet and praised God, as it says in verse 15 of what we read. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. We have the faith that God will heal heal us, hear our prayers. But do we praise him after the fact? Do we thank God for healing us, making us well? It's a two-way street. He will heal us, but we have to thank him. I'm going to turn to one of the great psalms that King David wrote. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. One that we all hear about this time of year, but a very fitting one, all the same. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Psalm of Thanksgiving. Verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with singing, knowing that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, And his truth endures to all generations. Psalm of Thanksgiving fitting for us to read at this time of year. King David wrote this psalm as a way to, to praise God. Praise his name. Praise his great mercy. David understood God's mercy more than most. His previous transgressions you know, had weighed heavily on him. But he praised God and thanked him more than most. So much so that God said to David, David was a man after his own heart. In verse, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 13, verse 14, David was a man after his own heart. There are individuals throughout the Bible who are thankful to God for one reason or another. Abraham, his son Isaac being spared from sacrifice. Moses, God not destroying the Israelites completely, but delivering them to the promised land. King Hezekiah, he was about to die, and God granted him 16 more years to live. Maybe he was reading about such stories the Bible and seeing their own situation that the pilgrims went ahead with a festival of Thanksgiving in November 1621. My mother-in-law lent me a book uh, about 18 months ago. Uh, it's called Forged in Faith by Rod Gregg. I don't know if any of you have ever read this before, Forged in Faith. Very good book. And uh, the full title is How Faith Shaped the Birth of the Nation, 1607-1776. through 1776. Because, as many of you may know already, the, the pilgrims who came over initially from 1607 onwards, and especially those who came over in the Mayflower, were escaping persecution, religious persecution. Those who came on the Mayflower had come from uh, Leiden in Holland, and they'd all gone over there, uh, I guess, a generation or two before that, because it was, I believe it was the, uh, um, in Britain, it was, it was Catholicism was, was running rampant over there, and either you became a Catholic or else kind of thing. So they became known as separatists, and the only way they could, uh, I guess, worship and preach freely was to go over to Amsterdam, over to Holland, and, and live there and do so. And with the first arrival of the uh, of the English in 1607 in Jamestown, they they got together and thought about going to the New World. Um, and um, I think was it 105 or 120? They came over the Mayflower, and a third of them died on the way over. Uh, was it a third? Not quite. Well, it was a lot though. But. Well I mean it was it was a long crossing six weeks six weeks at least or eight weeks crossing, um, and women and children died. Uh, but those who got, got to dry land got to America, Massachusetts were thankful, happy to be there and so a year later, after making it through that, that first hard winter when their first governor died, John Carver, um, the following year, uh, the Governor William Bradford got together with some of the other guys that, that had people there and decided we're going to have a festival of thanksgiving here and give praise to God for this and and you know from what they had gone through where they had come from it was the least they could do and uh, so began in some ways uh, thanksgiving I mean it wasn't given as a national holiday until Abraham Lincoln 1863 but led by God fearing men like William Bradford would govern the colony for 30 years, and Edward Winslow, would also be a governor after that, the pilgrims knew they had to thank God for where they were. It wasn't a perfect life by any means. But they had their freedom and liberty, and that meant a lot. Edward Winslow concluded his account of the original Thanksgiving, and I got this from the book, one of the chapters about this time. Um, quote, and although it not be always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want. And he made that quote after the first Thanksgiving in 1621. So, we can be thankful t- today that those first pilgrims had the will to fight and stay through all their hardship, otherwise... We may not have the country we have today. We need to thank God for sending his only begotten son as a sacrifice for us and humankind. He died so we might live. So turn with me to John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Look at John. And chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. John 1 verse 12 but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God we accept Jesus Christ As who he is. We are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with it, the gift of eternal life. We accept Jesus Christ. This is the biggest point here. We need to be thankful that God has called us. That's the biggest thing we need to be thankful for in our life. That we have been called to be a part of his family. And to inherit eternal life. He has called us. Revealed the truth to us. And wants us to be a part of his family. The God family. We have got to be thankful for that. And let's see what the end result will be for that. Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. Revelation, chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's it. That's what it's all about. Spending eternity with God the Father and Jesus Christ. As spirit beings. That's it right there in our Bible. The truth. Jesus Christ will return. And we will go on into the kingdom of God with him. We be thankful for that. Let us be thankful to God for all his awesome promises.